You know, life is filled with unanswered questions. Like, if nothing sticks to Teflon, how do they get the Teflon to stick to the pan? Why do we drive on parkways and park on driveways? And why are there interstate highways in Hawaii? Got to think about that one. And why do they put braille dots on drive-up ATM machines? But the most perplexing question of all is, and every one of us has been through this, we've asked it ourselves, why does God wait to answer our prayers? I mean, if He hears every prayer... And he answers every prayer. Why doesn't he answer immediately? I mean, he's got the power to do it right. Why the delay? I want to talk about that today. Why the delay? Today's message is delayed by design. God automatically, on purpose, doesn't always instantly answer your prayers. Today we're going to look at Israel's delay. What should have been a three-week journey when they left Egypt took them 40 years. Now that's quite a delay, isn't it? Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 background. Israel grew from a little tiny family of Abraham and his sons. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. The family was growing, multiplying. One son gets sold into Egypt. We know that son to be Joseph. He ends up becoming the prime minister of Egypt by God's design, purpose, and plan. There's a famine in the land. Here comes brothers. They're hungry. They don't recognize Joseph. Joseph, when he finds out their heart, still loves his brothers and forgives them. And he asks Pharaoh if his family could move to the land of Goshen. I mean, it was prime real estate. Pharaoh said, it's all yours. This little family moves there. And by the time a new Pharaoh arises, that knows not Joseph, doesn't care about Joseph, makes slaves out of them, And then Moses is now ready to be the deliverer. It's like 430 years later. Do you see the timeline here? And Moses, at 80 years of age, at a time when most of us are hanging it up, God tells him to get it back down and go back to work. Let my people go. And that stiff-necked Pharaoh that we've been studying at Brookdale 
every Wednesday. By the way, we're in chapter 18 this next week of the book of Exodus. If uh, you want to meet, meet me there at 2.30, we go from 2.30 to 3.30. We're studying this book right now at this time. He goes back and he says, Thus saith the Lord God, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, Who is this God of yours that I should listen to him? The only God I know is me. Well, God sent through Moses' staff a 10-lesson correspondence course about who he was. And by the time he got to number 10, the death angel, Pharaoh is now ready to let the people go. That's why it says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them directly. See, directly would have been the short route. God made him take the long route. He didn't lead them directly, though that way was shorter. For God says, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. He didn't lead them directly. I left a word out, not intentionally, I just did. It's not on your PowerPoint, but it's in my outline. It should say directly through Philistine country. Who were the Philistines? Good guys or bad guys? Just think bad guys. And these guys knew how to fight. These guys were honoring. These guys will become a thorn in Israel's side later on. But see, they're not yet ready for battle. And so it was very wise of God to not send them directly that way, the shortcut way. And that was reason number one. But reason number two was to test them. They weren't ready for war yet. But they also needed some testing. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 2, looking back on this, he will say, God led you through the wilderness for 40 years, testing you to find out how you should respond and if you would obey. Some of you have been going through testing for longer than that. See, really this life is a test. And God is testing us. Sadly, Israel flunked the test. But God does not want you to flunk the test. Don't be like them. Only two of the original that left Egypt made it into the promised land. Do you remember their names? Joshua and who? Caleb. Only two. Out of like three million people. This is incredible. Well, God wants you to make it into the promised land. The ultimate promised land, of course, is heaven. So let's look at Israel, um, because I don't want you to make the same mistakes that they made. What not to do while you're waiting, while you're in the delay? Number one, don't fear. Don't fear. Notice what it says about Israel. It was their first mistake. And again, some background. Moses dies. The 40 years of wandering in the wilderness is over. And who takes over for Moses? Joshua. Joshua is now their leader. They mourn Moses' death, but now God says, Joshua, fear not, fear not, fear not. You read Joshua chapter 1. Look how many times the word fear not is in that chapter. And then he tells the people, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. God's going to be with us. And they cross the Jordan River on dry land again. There's another miracle that God is showing 
these people good reason not to fear, showing I'm on your side. But before they cross over, they sent 12 spies into the land. And you remember earlier, before they started the 40 years of wandering, 10 of the spies came back with a bad report. And it looked like this. Deuteronomy 1.26 They would not enter the land. They said, we are, what's the next word? Afraid. The people there are stronger and taller than we are. I think the King James Version says something like, we are like grasshoppers in our own eyes. They had a grasshopper complex. They saw themselves as being very, very small, but they forgot that we had a very, very big God, right? See, when we take our eyes off of God and we forget that He's, not, that he's on our side, that's called fear. Fear is forgetting that God is on your side. They had enough faith to get out of Egypt. that They did not have enough faith to move into the promised land. And so if your dream right now, whatever it is, whatever your delay is, you're praying about it, you're moving in that direction, but you're in a a delay right now. If you're in a delay, here's the deal. God is still on your side it's not because of you. You might want to, this is not because of God. It might be because, because of you. You may not be ready for it. There's a number of reasons why God may cause you to be in a delay. But if it's fear, you're never going to get there. You cannot be afraid. And so instead of fearing the opposite, we should focus on God's presence. Fear is when we look at ourselves, right? We look at ourselves and say, ah, me? Do that? Not possible. Fear is our biggest weakness, and it holds us back. But let's look to God. Realize God is always with you. You know, we sense, we sense God's presence, it seems, when life is going well, do we not? When everything's great, ah, oh, God is so good. But then during the bad days, maybe we don't sense it as much. Let me tell you something. He is equally there with you. On your good days... On your bad days. When you feel His presence, He's with you. And when you don't feel His presence, He is with you. And on those days where you don't feel Him are the days you need this reminder all the more. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not. Why? For I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I'm your God. I will strengthen you. And I will help you, and I will uphold you. When I read that verse this past week, you know what I said? I read it out loud several times. And then I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Isn't that a wonderful verse? You know, instead of putting, well, just put your name in there. That's what I did. Fear not. I'm with you, Bruce. Bruce, don't be dismayed. I am your God, Bruce. I will strengthen you, Bruce, and I will help you, Bruce. I will love all you, Bruce. And that's when I went, thank you, God. Isn't that good? I had a couple bad days this past week. <laughs> we had a little medical emergency in our family. I don't know how little it, little it is. Jane's mom ended up in the hospital, and we all got the 911, internal bleeding. We don't know 
anything, just everyone converged to the hospital, and we had to make a quick run out there, and and Dad needs some full-time care, and and it, it's difficult. But I do know this, um, when I got there, I was there with her alone, and I said, uh, Ruth, would it be okay if I prayed with you? And I went, walked over, and she grabbed both of her hands in mine. When you're in a hospital, internal bleeding, you want someone to pray with you. And uh, when, when it was all over, she thanked me and then asked me to pray for her, her husband, Marv. He's going through a difficult time. And when you got up there in years, it, it gets more and more difficult for everyone. We need God. During the good times, during the bad times, aren't you glad we got a God like this that is on our side? So, don't fear, number one. Instead, focus on His presence. Number two, don't fret. Israel's second mistake was they fretted. My definition of fretting is worrying. They were worried all the time. You ever met people that are uptight all the time? People that complain all the time? That's these guys. They were worried, uptight, and complaining. Numbers 21.4 says, On the way, the people lost their patience. That's an uptight, fretting person. And they spoke against, watch this, God! (laughs) Oh, we'd never do that, right? We'd never look up to heaven and say, God, you you don't know what you're doing. They spoke against God and Moses, their leader. They complained. They complained about everything. They, they complained about the delay, 40 years. They complained about the leadership. You, you've never complained about your preacher, have you? You've never complained about the elders here, have you? No, no. They complained about the water. They complained about the food. I mean, manna again? What's for breakfast? Post manna. What's for lunch? Manna burgers. What's for dinner? Manna kebabs. <laughs> what are we having tomorrow? Manicotti. <laughs> what are we going to drink? Uh, manna shevets, you know? I mean, it, it, manna, manna, manna. It's so easy to gripe and to complain when we have to wait. Proverbs 19.2 says, Impatience will get you into trouble. So, have you ever been in a hurry and God wasn't? That's today's lesson. That's today's lesson. We try to help God out when we're in trouble. Sometimes God says wait. Sometimes the delay is intentionally on purpose. And so, when God says He's got it, and He makes you a promise, and you've heard that promise from the Lord, then don't get in His way by trying to help Him out. He doesn't need your help. Remember a guy named Abraham in the Old Testament? God made him a promise, didn't he? He says, Abram, I'm changing your name to Abraham. It means father of many nations. And you know, like 25 years goes by before he even had one child. He was like 100 years old. His wife is 99. I mean, that's up there, right? 25 years of waiting. 25 years of delay. But you know what? The child finally came. But I digress in the story. Remember another child named Ishmael? 
came through Sarah's handmaid named Hagar. Was that God's plan? But what did Abraham and Sarah think? Oh, God needs some help. We're getting older. I'm not getting any younger. Yeah, but God made that promise. I know, but you know what? Maybe what he meant was we should help him out. You take Hagar, have an Ishmael, and then all of a sudden, here comes Isaac. Oh, oops. Now we got an Ishmael, older brother, half-brother, out making fun of little Isaac, and Mama Bear Sarah becomes contentious again, Sarai. That was her name before. Sarai means contentious woman. Sarah means princess. Well, Sarah turned back into Sarai and said, get rid of this woman and get rid of this kid. Horrible thing to do. But because Abraham and Sarah tried to help out God with a promise that God had made to them. Those two brothers have been fighting for thousands of years in the Middle East. So God, if He made you a promise, He doesn't need your help in keeping the promise. Get it? Got it? Good. So, instead of fretting, God says, trust my timing. God is rarely early, but He's never late. Number one, don't fear. Number two, don't fret. Number three, don't faint. Israel's third mistake. And by fainting, what I mean is, well, my definition would be to get discouraged, to lose heart, and to give up. And man, that's a big, huge temptation. Um. Have you ever prayed for something and a month goes by and doesn't happen? But you're praying daily for this. And then two months goes by. And then three months go by. And then you just stop praying about it. And God hadn't told you not to stop praying about it. He hasn't given you a no signal, okay? But you kind of get down. You kind of get discouraged, a little depressed, and so you quit praying about it. God was testing you. God was testing you to see if you really do trust Him. If you really will, do you really, really want this? See, if you pray for something two, three days, a week, maybe two weeks, and then eh, stop praying about it, God knows you weren't serious about that. But if you're really serious about something... You hang in there in prayer. Numbers chapter 14, 2 says, All the Israelites grumbled against Moses. If only, if only, if only. Check these out, if only's out. If only we had died in Egypt. Oh, great. You know, they were the ones crying out, God, get us out of this place. And now they're saying, if only we died there. And then they said, we should choose another leader at some point. On the 40 years of wandering, they said, we should choose another leader and go back to Egypt. Are you kidding me? (laughs) If only and go back. Those are words of discouragement, right? Uh, Maybe I really didn't hear from God. Maybe I just made it up on my own. 
Whenever we talk about the good old days, what we're doing is we're going back. God says, don't go back. Go forward. It's a new thing I'm trying to do in your life. Some people would rather live in slavery than face the fear of freedom. Because freedom is scary. Um, one of the biggest problems that when I talk to people that are struggling through addictions, and maybe they get their 30-day, 90-day, 6-month, 1-year chip, and oh, we applaud that around here a few, few weeks ago. Wasn't that a touching service? And then, boom, they fall. And when you fall, man, it's a reset. You're starting day one again. When you talk to them and you say, why... Why did you why'd you do that? They will tell you something like, I was going through a hard time. I was under pressure. I was fearful that I would not make it, whatever it was. And this was familiar to me. You go back to what's familiar to you. What was familiar to the Israelites? Egypt. Was Egypt where they really wanted to be? No. But it was familiar country, familiar territory. They knew it well. You know, if you grew up in poverty, what's familiar to you? The system. I want to go, don't go back to the system. In faith, without fear, keep moving forward. Is this making sense? These guys here went back. They wanted to go back. Can you imagine wanting to choose a new leader other than Moses? It's a rough group, man. Moses had he had a tough congregation, man. I think mine's tough. Man, his was really tough. <laughs> so be persistent. Instead of wanting to faint, be persistent and keep on praying. And finally, when they do get to the promised land, uh, I, I think one of the reasons God had Joshua, he said, here's the battle plan. The, the, you're now ready for battle, but you're not going to have to fight the first one. I'm going to fight it for you just to show you that what can be done if you just put your faith in me. I want it was it was the Jericho battle. The walls of Jericho were like super thick, like four chariots could ride around it on top of it. So this was a thick wall they had to get through. But God says, march around it once a day for seven days. Now, couldn't they have done it by marching around it one time? Sure. But that had nothing to do with it. Why seven? And why on the seventh day, seven times? They're praying every time they go around it. And they're praising God every time they go around it. God is trying to teach them something. God is trying to teach them to be persistent, to be patient, to be prayerful, and to be praiseful. Because on that seventh day, after the seventh time, and they shouted praises to God, what happened to those walls of Jericho? They felt outward, not inward. If it was a normal siege by man, they would have went this way. But God made them go that way. God was in on it. But He made them do it seven times. Repetition. Be in prayer. Be patient. Don't be discouraged. Hang in there really is the story. Galatians 6 verse 9 in the New Testament, Paul puts it like this. Let us never grow tired of doing what's right. For if we do not faint, there's that word, we'll reap a 
harvest at the right time. Let's talk about this harvest. The law of the harvest goes something like this. You reap what you sow. You know, if, you, if, if you're constantly criticizing people, you're going to sow criticism back on you. It, you're going to reap criticism. If you're constantly sowing love, you're going to reap love. If you're sowing generosity, you're going to receive generosity. So that's part of the law of the harvest. And then the second law of the harvest is you reap more than you sow. Um, have you ever planted corn? You put like two or three kernels in a little hole, cover it up, water it, and watch that thing grow. Um, you get a whole bunch of kernels on an ear, right? You don't just get three out of it. You get more than what you sow. You put more. You get more than you reap more than what you put into the ground. And then the third law is there is a delay between sowing and reaping. There always is. We uh, at our house uh, grow tomatoes uh, every every year during the right time of the year. And there's something called um, an early boy or early girl. And then there's another one that takes a little longer. But on average, the early ones are 65 days and they're ripe. And then there's others that are like 75 days. And I like to stagger them because I like you know, some to be ripe at different times of the year. But there's always a delay between the planting and the reaping. Always. In God's plan for your life of faith, there will always be this same law of the harvest of sowing and reaping and delay. If there was no delay, there would be no ripe tomatoes. If there was no delay in your life, there would be no character development. If God gave you everything you wanted instantly, you would never have to have faith. It just happened. And, and one of the sayings we have around here, we say it all the time, is God is more interested in your character than he is in your comfort. And so why the delay? It's character development. He wants you to be strong in faith. Luke 18.1, you need to pray, how long? Continually and not lose heart. So some of you may be on your 40th year of the same prayer. Hang in there. You may be one day away, one day away. Number four, you don't fear, you don't fret, you don't faint. And number four, you don't forget. This is a big one. We tend to forget. Israel's fourth mistake was they forgot. The psalmist, in writing about that little encounter they had at the Red Sea, remember when Pharaoh changed his mind one last time, and, and God had them right where He wanted the children of Israel in a cul-de-sac. Mountains over here, Red Sea there, and Pharaoh's army coming up the rear. And so they're in this little cul-de-sac and no place to go. And the psalmist will write about that. They forgot the many times God showed them His love and they rebelled at the Red Sea. They haven't been out of the camp for like two weeks. Two weeks earlier, the death angel came over. And how many plagues before the death angel? Nine others. And when they were led out of Egypt, there was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And God said, 
I'm with you. Man, I'm ready to go. I'm following that pillar. Wouldn't you be all full of faith if you saw that every day? Now, it's only been like a week or two, and they're at the Red Sea, and now all of a sudden it says they forgot. The ten plagues, the pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud, they forgot how quickly we forget. But, oh, I love the buts in the Bible. He saved them as he had promised. He saved them anyway. When we forget, when we mess up, when we fall short, aren't you glad God saves us anyway? Boy, I am. He saved them as he promised. But they quickly forgot again. Oh, they'd never forget again. Not after God saves them twice, right? They quickly forgot again. They wouldn't wait for God to act. What short memories they had. The ten plagues, the Red Sea, the water, the manna, all that stuff. But we shouldn't be too quick to judge and point fingers, right? Because do we not do the exact same thing? And we've got a whole lot more than they got. We got the New Testament. All they had up to this point was Genesis, Exodus. Two books. 66 books in the Bible. 39 in the Old, 27 in the New. Look how much more we've got. How many more miracles we've read about. And we've seen with the eye of faith. And yet, the Bible says the things that were written aforetime, in other words, all those Old Testament stories of faith, were written so we would not forget and give up and fear and fret and be like they were. They had an excuse, really. They were babies. We should grow up because we have the meat of the Word. And that should give us faith, knowing that God is with us. When a delay occurs in our lives, we sort of start to act like, well, God's never done anything for me. And we forget all that He's done. I mean, if you're still here, that's something, right? You're not promised tomorrow, but you're still here, right? You're still here today. Have you been forgetting about God lately? Instead, remember God's promises. Psalm 103, verse 2. We're going to wrap it up with this verse. Good verse. I will bless the Lord. Here's the promise we should make. We're going to praise God, bless the Lord, and not forget. Here's your takeaway for today. And not forget the great things He does for me. And so, as we leave here today, don't fear, don't fret, don't faint, and don't forget. Amen? Let's pray and ask God's help for that right now. Now, some of you are asking, why isn't God fulfilling the promise in my life? Well, for some of you, He's waiting on you. You think you're waiting on God? Well, He's waiting on you to learn not to fear, fret, faint, or forget. And until we do, it's only going to prolong the delay. See, God's never in a hurry. He, he can do things immediately. He's got the power to do it. But He's working on a larger agenda. What is it you've been waiting on God to do? Maybe turn a problem around. Maybe answer a prayer. Maybe it's a physical need, a, a financial need, a relational need. Uh, perhaps you, you've been praying for that financial blessing. 
the physical blessing, and it hasn't come. Maybe you've been praying that God would bring that right person along in your life because you want to start a relationship. Maybe you've been waiting on God to turn a crisis into a solution. God hasn't forgotten. And a delay is not the same as a denial. Not yet is not the same thing as a no. The things you've waited for in your life, God will bring to fulfillment if you do not faint, do not fret, do not fear, and do not forget. Father, help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.